Welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show, people. I hope you're having a good weekend, okay? It is October 1st, okay? So it is basically Halloween from here until November 1st. I will take an exception that it's Halloween all the way up until the start of December, okay? So, welcome back, okay? If you don't know who I am and you don't know where you are, well, I just told you where you are, but if you don't know who I am, I'm Dusty McBalls, a.k.a. the Certified Cougar Hunter, a.k.a. the man with the biggest set of testicles. Okay, so today's episode is just super interesting, just to really kick off this Halloween month, right? Today, we are going to be talking about the Paris Catacombs As you could tell from, you know, the, uh, what is it, the title of this episode, okay? So, it is really interesting. I did not know that most of these, like, catacombs had a lot of history involved with them. And to be honest, since the Paris catacombs are so, like, well-known around the world, I thought they were the only catacombs. But there are so many other catacombs within, you know, Europe. So, this will be, you know, interesting. Um, I'm going to touch base on a little bit of those catacombs too. So, basically the rundown for this episode is I'm going to, you know, introduce catacombs like they're a person. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about like why they were made, who made them, where did it start, what countries adapted to them in Europe. And then we're going to get into the Paris catacombs and a bunch of creepy like urban legends and to close out the episode I actually was able to find a real documented story of two teens that actually got lost in the catacombs I think in 2017 but yeah this is going to be a really interesting episode so before we get into it you know get those crocs on set them bitches in adventure mode we're going straight to Paris and other parts of Europe to learn about these catacombs, okay? And yeah, get a drink. It's Sunday, alright? We're relaxing, we're vibing out, okay? So get a drink on this wonderful adventure we're about to endure together, okay? So, without further ado, let's get into the story, the history behind the Paris catacombs. Now, catacombs date all the way back to the first century in Rome. And if you, for people that, you know, hey, maybe, what is a catacomb? A catacomb is basically just an underground tomb. Now, the reason these catacombs became widely popular and chosen by specific religion, religions, not religion, but specific religions, was for the fact that In Rome specifically, they didn't permit burials within the city walls. So, they ended up just building under the city. And that's where these catacombs came into play. Then, the Jewish communities and the Christian communities adopted their own version of the Roman catacombs by the 2nd century. And the Jewish communities and Christian communities used these catacombs... For three straight centuries, so a really long time, until 
the 5th century hit, and this was around the time Christianity was finally legalized as a religion, which I didn't know that, you know, religions could be legalized. I just thought it was a, was a thing, you know? So, instead of using the catacombs, they just, you know, started doing above-ground burials, basically leaving these tombs sealed in like a time capsule until they were rediscovered in 1578. Now, like I said in the intro, yes, on today's episode, we are doing the Paris Catacombs, probably the most famous of all the catacombs around the world. And it is, you know, as most of you know, it was actually used as a filming spot for, you know, as above, so below. That really wonderful, you know, confusing fucking movie that you have to watch like six different times if you don't you know, like religiously watch film and like know some of like the foreshadowing. Like if you don't really pick up on the foreshadowing. So this is one of those movies. If you haven't seen it, this is one of those movies that you might have to watch, you know, a few times just to fully understand it. But it is a good movie. If you don't mind, um, what is it? What is it? What is it? The tape recorder, the tape recorder film, VHS. What is it? Fuck, I can't remember. But like the camcorder style filming, where it's all bouncy and stuff like that. So if you can, like me, I can't. Sometimes some movies I can deal with it. Some movies I can't. And I'm finally able to watch these movies because they used to make me really nauseous while watching them. Like I could not watch them. But this movie. Sorry, we're going on a little side note, but as above, so below is probably, it made me warm at parts because of how, like, um, not really terrifying, but, like, of how, like, like, the whole claustrophobia scene when Benji is crawling through the bones and he gets stuck, oh, I had, oh, God, I was wearing a sweatshirt, I had to take that out, I was getting warm because of how stressed I was just watching that scene, so, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it, it might take a few minutes, you know, not a few minutes, but, like, a few times to watch it, but it is still really good, and yes, they actually used the Paris Catacombs for, you know, as a location to film, but, like me, I didn't know that there were hundreds of catacombs all over Europe, I literally only thought that it was in Paris, and they go, these catacombs go from the British Isles all the way to Sicily, okay, but I'm being so serious, you can call me ignorant if you want, okay, I, I didn't know, I legit thought that they were the only place, Paris was the only place with catacombs, and just because it's so widely talked about, I was like, oh, obviously, whatever, right, but no, they're all over the place, and there is, there was a lot of history in, in these catacombs, not like, not like, hold on, what am I trying to say? The Paris catacombs have history in them, and they're not the only ones with history. Like, for example, okay, the San Callisto catacombs, they hold 16 popes. 16 popes within this one catacomb, right? And the San Sebastiano catacombs hold St. Sebastian's remains. And if you don't know who he is, okay, he was a Christian saint martyr, and allegedly, according to traditional belief, he was tied to a tree 
and was shot with arrows and allegedly survived. And then, you know, he eventually died because he got beat to death. I don't know the full story about him because it's a, it's a religious story. And I, I, I never really studied religion or am from a religious background. So I don't know a whole lot about him, but for any of my religious Christian viewers, it's it's that it's that dude. It's that story, okay? If you want to look up, it's it's kind of interesting. I was kind of like glossing over it a little bit. So it's kind of an interesting story, but if that name rings a bell, that that's the dude. He was the dude that didn't die from getting shot with a bunch of arrows, okay? Now, another catacomb that's really really interesting is a catacomb beneath the Basilica of St. Lorenzo Fiore Le Mura. I hope I pronounced that right. I probably didn't. And in that catacomb, allegedly, the Holy Grail is locked in there. But no one knows for sure just because it is sealed off. Like, you cannot get in there. So, like, these catacombs, they're pretty fucking dope. They are really, really cool. A lot of history that dates back centuries ago. Like this, they're really, really interesting. I really want to go to the Paris catacombs, but, you know, me and Gabby, I would love to take Gabby, but there's one reason that, you know, for some people, these catacombs might not be cool. And that reason might be if you're clairvoyant and you see dead people, this would be a fucking field trip for you, right? This would be probably the most annoying shit because you would have people from, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago trying to communicate with you and trying to talk with you, okay? Some of them might be evil, like evil as shit, okay? And some of them, you know, might be nice, but still, there are so many souls lost in these catacombs that it would be a fucking field trip, right? Now, minus all of the history that is held within these catacombs, they also have a lot of horror stories and urban legends tied to them, especially the Paris catacombs. And for me, that's why I think they are the most famous and most visited just because of all of this like history and all of this like these stories that are tied to them, okay? Now, the Paris catacombs roughly hold 6 million people that stretch over 186 miles. The Paris catacombs started in 1763 after King Louis X tried banning above-ground burials within the city because the cemeteries were overflowing. Now, at first, the church you know, denied the approval of the Paris catacombs, but quickly changed their mind because in 1780, a huge storm swept through Paris and caused the Wall of Lay Innocence to collapse and have all of these like bodies that were in these you know cemeteries spill out 
and they like these corpses were dumped into neighboring yards. So at that point, the French were like, we, you know, we can't bury, like, we have no room to bury all of these dead people. So instead of, like, burying them in the city, they decided to bury them under it. And they picked this location. It used to be a limestone quarry where they were going to build these, you know, catacombs because, you know, it's already underground. They were using the limestone for buildings and other things. So they're like, well, this is abandoned mine. Let's just make these the catacombs. So that's what they did. Now, the construction for these catacombs took a really long time. Like it took five years to construct them. And then it took another three years to fully get everybody from like, how do I say it? From the bodies that washed up when the um, late innocence wall broke and all those bodies spilled over. It took them three years to transport all of those bodies into those catacombs. And on top of that, more cemeteries that also didn't have enough room for their corpses, they also had them moved to the Paris catacombs. So that's why it took so long for these people to get reburied. Like it was just a very, very long process. Now in today's time, like, I mean, 28.3 today's time, most of the Paris catacombs have been off limits to the public since 1955, just because of how unsafe they are. And the majority of them are submerged in, in water. So realistically, it's only like roughly 1.4 kilometers or 0.94 like of a mile. I don't know how you, 0.94 miles of a mile for you know my American friends. Right? So just a little bit under a mile is what I'm trying to say. Um, are only open to the public. But even though you know only a mile of these Paris catacombs is open, it never really you know, deterred cataphiles. And if you're wondering what a cataphile is, because I didn't know what a cataphile is, it's not like a pedophile. It's not like a person that goes into a catacomb and just fucks dead bodies. No, it is somebody who like religiously explores and studies catacombs. So kind of like an urban explorer is basically what they are. They're just a urban explorer of catacombs. And these, yeah, these, you know, blocked off sections never deterred these cataphiles from getting lost or telling these weird and crazy urban legends. So, you know, it's that time of the episode where I stop stalling and I bring out the first urban legend. And the first one that, you know, I'm going to share today, it's... It's about an uncovered video camera and it's, it's creepy. It's really creepy and is alleged. It's also allegedly, you know, the most creepy of our tales today from what the internet says. I think it's not as creepy. I mean, it's creepy, but it's just, yeah, 
This one is really, yeah, it's weird. This one's really weird, like a horror, like a horror movie weird, okay? So, in the early 1990s, a group of cataphiles were exploring through the dark chambers of an ossuary, which, if you don't know what that is, it is a room in the catacombs where bones of, like, dead people are placed. And in this ossuary, these cataphiles found a video camera lying on the ground, okay? If if you watch horror movies, this is one of those oh shit scenes. Like, oh shit, it's gonna get real. And it gets fucking real. Because on this camera, this camera had footage. And they, you know, picked up the camera. These cataphiles picked up the camera and they watched the footage. And what they saw was not only creepy, terrifying, and horrific, but it also probably, if you were in the situation they were, probably gut-wrenching on how terrifying this would be, okay? They saw a man holding the camera, filming himself, making his way through the catacombs. Now, as this group was watching this camera footage, they noticed that the man was completely lost. And as the video went on, they noticed that he kept in like increasingly going more insane trying to escape the network of tunnels. Now to make matters worse, not only was he lost, but something in the footage while he was trying to escape was making extremely disturbing noises. This video went on for a little bit and then it just abruptly ends when the man drops the camera to the ground, right? And to this day, no one knows who he is or if he even made it out alive from these tunnels. Many believe that this footage is what inspired the movie As Above, So Below. And another, like, this is going to lead into our second story, okay? And this one kind of supports the most previous study with the whole weird disturbing noises and voices and stuff like that. Because there was another famous urban legend that states that if you stay there in the Paris catacombs... After midnight, allegedly, the skulls of the six million people trapped within those catacombs will start talking to you. And it is said that these disembodied voices within these walls will try to persuade you into going further and further into the catacombs until you eventually get lost and can't find your way out, forcing you to go insane and eventually becoming one with the Paris catacombs. Now, is that true? I've never been there, so if you, you know, live in France and you want to DM me on the Rainy Day Horror Show and tell me, like, hey, dude, that is absolutely true, okay? Like, if you're clairvoyant and you're psychic, oh, 
hell yeah, these people would be fucking with you. If I was in there, I would be fucking with people, okay? But that would be insane, okay? And I assume because it is so dark within these tunnels, your voice, not your voices, but your head starts to play tricks on you. And, you know, you start, like, you're in the dark for so fucking long, bro. I would be shocked if nobody heard heard voices, right? Like, oh, that'd be so creepy. I wouldn't explore them by myself or with the group just because of all the limestone and just the possibility of stuff collapsing on you. I would do a, you know, just a normal fucking tour of with somebody, you know, that like during the day, but still, holy shit. I would be so upset if I went in there and people in the wall started talking to me. I would be upset. I am trying to leave. And then I got this one dude fucking died 300 years ago telling me that my shoes are ugly. Bro, I would be fighting those dead people in there, okay? Bro, they would be shit-talking me so fucking hard. And then they can't say anything back to them except because they're dead. Like, they care, right? But still, if that is actually true, that would be fucking terrifying. It probably is true if you're clairvoyant, like I said. But to the normal person that's kind of closed-minded, not really closed-minded, but isn't in tune with the spirit world or spirits in general, probably doesn't really happen to you a whole lot, unless you're probably left alone and, you know, you're in the dark. So that way, you know, your brain's more open and it's playing tricks on you and you're, you know, you're just more open in that way because you're terrified. So maybe then, but oh my God, I would, I would be freaking the fuck out if this happened to me, right? Now we're on to our third urban legend. I know one and two were it was two separate stories, but I morphed them into one. So our third story is about, you know, an actual ghost that is allegedly haunting some of the tunnels in the Paris catacombs. Okay. His name is Philbert Aspart. I think I said his last name, right? Sorry, Philbert, if I fucked it up, didn't mean any disrespect, but during the French revolution, a man named Philbert was a doorman at the Val de Grace, Val de Grace, I think that's how you say it, was a doorman at the Val de Grace hospital. Now, one night, Philbert was sent, you know, to fetch a certain liqueur from the cellar. But instead of ending up in the cellar, he somehow accidentally ended up in the catacombs. Now, as he is in the catacombs, making his way through this labyrinth of skulls and bones, Philbert became lost and confused within this maze. Now, walking around in complete darkness, well, not complete darkness, he did have a little candlelight that he held in his hand that, you know, dimly lit his path, but he was surrounded by darkness. Eventually, that candle ran out. So then he literally was just swallowed by just the skulls, the bones, just complete darkness and just nasty shit, right? And 
he ended up getting so lost and just died one day. He just, just keeled over right in the middle of a fucking path, right? And he actually wasn't found. I'm trying to think of when this took place. Because I saw a date and I forgot to write it down. But I think it was... I can't remember. I'm not going to give out a random date because then I'm going to get judged. So, just... He died during the French Revolution in there. And then 11 years later, a group of cataphiles, you know, found him. And the only way that they could identify him was by the... Did I say hospital? I meant hotel ring. I don't know why I meant hospital, but why I said hospital. But I meant hotel ring. He was a hotel doorman, okay? And... Yeah, he was only identified because he had the hotel ring on his hip. It was a little key ring, and it was attached to his hip. And after he was found, he was then properly buried in the catacombs in the exact same spot that he died in. Which, I don't know if that's like a slap to the face to Filbert, because holy shit, he died here, we're going to bury him in the same spot, right? Ugh, that's fucking weird, I hate that. I would have hated that. And now, it is said that, you know, every November 3rd, Phillips, 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 ghost roams the Paris catacombs, haunting every living person that goes into said catacombs. Now, you might be wondering, hey, how did he mistake, you know, the liquor cabinet for the catacombs. Well, it is suggested that he was really, really drunk. He was drinking on the job when he went down and he just got lost, right? And also, in the same spot that he died, there's a little tombstone saying, like, hey, this is Filbert and this is how he died. So, yeah. He is now a main attraction at the fucking Paris catacombs. And that's why he probably haunts it. He just wanted to rest in peace. But people wanted to make a big deal about it. And now he's pissed off. Right? I would be pissed off. Or maybe he's just, I don't know. Maybe he just likes scaring people. Because I would also be doing that. I would be like, oh, you saw my tombstone? Now you know who I am. So now I'm going to terrify you, you little cocksucker. Get over here. Why don't you go down? You know, when you reach that dead end up there, take, not, well, not a dead end, but like a T-stop. Take a left and just follow that all the way to, I would be fucking with people. I would be getting people lost, but then I'd also be nice enough to help them get out. But still, huh? yeah, I'd be fucking with so many people if I was Filbert. That'd be funny. That'd be like my main thing. There, it would, November 3rd would be every fucking day for me. That's how I would treat if I was in the Paris catacombs, right? Yeah, that'd be so much fun. So, our fourth story takes place in 2004. This one's also kind of eerie, kind of creepy. Like, this one gave me very much a serial killer vibe. So, this one's a little creepy, too. So, in 2004, um, the French police were exploring a part of the Paris catacombs that happened to be restricted to the public. Now, while they were, you know looking around in this restricted section, they found something extremely weird. Like, like this, I don't know. It, it, it gave me serial killer vibes. That's all I'm going to say. It gave me serial killer vibes, okay? 
They first found a PA system playing a pre-recorded audio clip of a guard dog barking. They then found 3,000 square feet galleries wired for phones using pirated electricity. But that's not all, people. That's not all. As they continued to search, they found a bar, a living area, a workshop, a lounge, and a cinema that could seat up to 20 people. And to make things even weirder, they found cameras on the ceilings in the catacombs recording their every move. Now, you might be thinking, like, oh, hey, it's just the dude that's running an underground business showing scary movies, right? Ooh, spooky, the as above, so below, spooky, showing this Friday, spooky. Yeah, that's what I thought too, right? Fucking creepy, okay? Not creepy, but cool, like a creepy cool, right? You're watching as above, so below with a bunch of other dead people around you. Kind of cool, but also really weird. So just, that's the same thing I thought at this point, okay? It's like, oh, underground business, cool. No, gets weirder. Trust me, gets way weirder. After they found all of these weird things within the catacombs, they left only to return a few days later with a larger police force to investigate further on why someone is running a bootleg business within the catacombs. And when they returned. When these police returned to said specific area, everything they had discovered had completely vanished. Like, everything. No phone lines, no cameras, absolutely nothing. The only thing that was in that restricted section was a note that said, don't search. So, hear me out. When I saw that part, and I was like, that's fucking weird, right? Hear, hear me out, hear me out. What if, what if there was a bootleg business down there, right? You pay, you know, $40 to go watch As Above, So Below, the midnight showing, right? You pay $15, $20 for some drinks, right? Pay like $17 for fucking popcorn because everything's expensive, right? You go, you sit down, right? You're in the little makeshift fucking cinema. You're just sitting there chomping away on your fucking buttered popcorn. Maybe drinking a glass of some nice Moscato, right? And you're just vibing out with the other living people, the other 19 living people, and the 30,000 dead people that are down there. And you're just vibing out with all of them. And as the movie ends, right? You're getting up, you grab your purse, you're ready to leave. And then you realize as you leave, the door, the fucking door doesn't open. There might not be a door, but like maybe like something was put in front of the door to, you know, not have the sound travel throughout the catacombs. And you realize you're locked in there. 
you and 20 other people are locked in there, and the owner happens to be a serial killer. And now he just waits, and waits, and waits, and you are waiting there forever in complete darkness, right? Next thing you know, dude just starts coming in there, taking you one by one out, right? Just takes you out one by one and just fucking murders you all. And now you are part of the other six million people in that catacomb area. Now it's six million and twenty because you went down to a bootleg business with an unreputable seller business. We'll say business owner, right? And now you're dead. That's what that's what I that's what I'm thinking is going on here. I think this dude is luring people in there for a good fucking time. A good movie, some drinks, and then he murders them all, right? That's what I think is going on here. Because don't search, bitch. Now I am going to search. I'm going to search the entire fucking thing. Looking for other dead bodies that happen to be just freshly decomposing. Right? That's what that reminded me of. Oh my god. That is probably what is going on here. Realistically, probably not. It was probably just some underground bootleg business, but still. But that would be dope to go watch movies in the catacomb, have a few drinks. You know, watch As Above, So Below. Unless you're, you know, creeped out. Which you wouldn't be if you would even do that. You know what I mean? Like, you have to, that's like a certain level of I love horror that you need to have to go and do that. I would do that. I think it'd be interesting to do it. Very, very mood setting, right? And then actually when you leave the theater, you can't get out because it is as above, so below. You didn't know that you were actually fully, you know, what happened on TV. It's like a weird cult thing. What happened on TV now opened up a portal and now you are in as above, so below. But still, it'd be cool. I digress. It would be cool. But we got to get on to this last story. And it is a interesting one. This one takes place in 2017. And like I said in the intro... It is a true story, okay? On June 11th, 2017, two teenagers went into the Paris catacombs and they got lost for three fucking days until they were eventually found. On that Sunday, two boys that were 16 and 17 went to explore the Paris catacombs. Where they eventually got lost and were reported missing. Now, the names of these boys, I, I couldn't find. I don't think they were they were released just because they're under, eight, they're under 18. So, I would assume it would be because they're minors. But I don't know. I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't find their names. I checked multiple different sites. I just could not find their names. But anyways... After they were reported missing, the cops went and searched said catacombs, using dogs to hopefully pick up the scent of the two missing teens, and thankfully, they did. The two teenage boys were found on June 14th, 2017. A spokesman for the Paris Fire Service told AFP that it was thanks to the dogs that we found them. Now, after the teens were found, they were rushed to the hospital to be treated for hypothermia 
and, you know, other said just to make sure that they were okay, you know, they didn't have any broken legs, any, you know, not off earlobes or anything. No, they just took them there just to make sure that they were okay and they had hypothermia and they were treated for said hypothermia and they made a full recovery because nothing else was wrong with them. But still, I would be fucking terrified if I ever got lost in there. Like in Minnesota, we have a cave system too that goes from Minneapolis, St. Paul area, all the way down to... Red Wing and Rochester, I think. I haven't heard of anybody getting lost in there, but they're called, did I say the Wabashaw Caves? I think that's what they're called. I could be wrong. But, like, we, me, and my, me and Gabby went in there one time. And it's complete darkness. I could see why somebody would get lost. It'd be terrifying. And the smart thing is, uh, is uh, what a lot of people do is what we did too, is you bring spray paint and you just tag the wall as you're going down. Just so you know, like, hey, I saw that, so I know which way I'm going. You know, I know the right way that I'm going. Because you could get really, you could get lost in there really, really easily. And, you know, something bad could happen. It would also be the perfect site for a serial killer, okay? Not gonna lie, it would be. Now, if you ever see in the Minneapolis news saying, hey, some body was found brutally mutilated in the Wabasha Caves. It was not me, okay? I'm just saying that. It was not me. I did not do it. I know it sounds self-incriminating, but I am being honest. I would never lie to you guys. That sounded so fake, but I'm being so honest, okay? Because it would. Not a lot of people know about it. I've lived up here for, what, 21 years, and then I moved to Atlanta, then I came back, and I'm back up here. So, I'm just saying, I didn't know about it for a really, really long time. Not a lot of people know about it. So... And they used to be open to the public. Back in the day, they did used to be open to the public. But, you know, people were being stupid. They were throwing parties in there, and they were trashing it. And it just, yeah, no. They ended up having to shut it down just because the public decided not to take care of Mother Nature. Right? Fucking assholes. Somebody's just got to ruin it for the, just got to ruin the fun for the rest of us. Right? But yeah, we, something similar. Not as, you know, it's not as tight. It is more open. From just the little section that we explored. So, yeah. It can get creepy in these weird little caves. These weird little tunnels. These weird little catacombs. Alright. That's it for this episode. Um, it's a, I thought it was a great way to start off the fucking Halloween season. Because now it is officially Halloween every single day up until December 23rd. Okay. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Alright. You can suck my tiny cock. Alright. Not doing this. Um, let me see what we're doing next week. I think we are going to be doing the Maryland ritual killings. A little bit of some satanic murders. Because I felt, you know, that would just be fitting, right? So we're going to be doing that next weekend on Sunday. Um, other than that, I really hope you guys had a good weekend. You know, it's fall finally. And this is, I feel like, the time where most of us are happy. Just because it's not hot, it's not cold, it's just that perfect, you know, it's that perfect sweater weather, right? And I know white women love it because they get that pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks. Fucking basic, but still, this is their favorite time of season, right? It's that Ugg boot weather, ew, but still, it's that perfect 
season, all right? I know this is the point where I'm the most happiest because when winter comes and it is negative 20 fucking degrees all through January and all through February, I will be the most unhappy person in the fucking world. I am just putting that out there. I'm going to be upset, but yes, I hope we have a good, you know, fucking Halloween and everything. So, um, if you want a custom sweatshirt, follow me on Instagram at the rainy day horror show, just DM me and we'll figure it out what you want on it, how you want it done. And then I'll shoot you a price. I'll get all the materials and everything. And yeah, it'll be fun. Um, so if you want that DM me on Instagram, if you want to follow me and shoot me anything horror related, or if you have like a cool, like urban legend that you, that's from where you're at, send it to me, send it to me. I will look it over and I'll definitely put it in, put it in a video. If you got weird, creepy encounters or any like short horror stories that you have written, send them my way. I'll put them in and I'll put them in an episode. Um, other than that. There's nothing really else. Oh, go vote for me on horror, faceofhorror.com. You know, trying to become the face of horror and everything. So, go do that. Um, this Wednesday, me and Gabby are doing an episode on... What is it? Oh, hold on. Let me look it up. I need a better brain. Just give me a brain transplant so I can remember shit again. What is it? What is it? fucking Christ. It is Jacob Wetterling. He was a 11-year-old boy that was kidnapped in Minnesota. So we're doing that this Wednesday. That'll be a little fun. So other than that, I don't have really anything else for you guys. I, you know, just hope your weekend was going good. Let's get through this week so we can, you know, party and shop again next week. All right. So remember, stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly, the most important thing on this planet stay safe you beautiful peacocks i love y'all deuces